Welcome to this episode of the Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm Larry Wydell, and let's get started. All right, we are here with John Vaughn, and uh, John has his own SCO company, and I believe that is, uh, well, I'll let him explain that to you, those of y'all that are not operating on the internet, but uh, anyway, he's got a company, and he's in the internet world, but if you're in business, all the rules apply of things you've got to do, lessons, you know, you've know, got to learn, and obstacles you have to overcome. So John has uh, been in the industry a long time, but he started his own company called Local SEO Search, which is a full-service digital agency. He started that in 2013 and has been recognized as a top SEO agency in Canada. And so... Welcome, John. Glad to have you. Congratulations on your success so far with your new business. Well, thanks a lot, Larry. I'm excited to share uh, insights with your audience members today. And uh, uh, you talk about this uh, a lot and with a lot of other people because you have your own podcast, right? Local SEO Today. That's right. I have my own. I've been doing it for a couple of years now, over 200 episodes and enjoying every minute of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when uh, you, great, you get great people talking about great ideas, great things can happen. And if you talk to knuckleheads, then nothing good can happen except stupidity. But if you get some people that have, you know, they're motivated to do great things, have had some great effort, and have uh, been fortunate enough to have some great uh, results, when you get together and talk with those kind of people, it's very stimulating. And so this is going to be a stimulating day for everybody today. And John uh, uh, has... Where, where, what would people be most impressed about the success you and your company have had so far? What, how, from the outside looking at you, people who want to be, you know, know your industry uh, and want to get into the digital world, what would be the most impressive thing to them about what you've been able to accomplish so far? Uh, so when I first started, I didn't know anything about SEO, and I'm not even technical. So and SEO is what search engine optimization. And that's how Google, that's what Google uses to find you with keywords and things like you type in, I'm looking exactly. for, I'm looking for turnips. I'm looking for roses. I'm looking for horses. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah, this is a search. And so optimizing that to where, when they're looking for that, they find your website is you optimize that, in other words, show people how to position themselves to be one of the ones that comes up first, you know, uh, or on the first page, anyway, of, of Google. And so, uh, where did you start? In, you know, but basically, just go ahead and answer the first question. How far, uh, what, what, is the, what do people from the outside look at you and what are they most impressed by? Yeah, so when I first started, I uh, didn't know anything. Uh, seven years in, uh, actually a couple years ago, I started getting more recognition. I started getting more exposure and um, really just by doing good work, right? So I think majority of it is referrals and word of mouth, but I think just being one of the top recognized agencies um, is a, a big 
thing for me. Now, now, is that top because you know how to mark, how to maximize your search engine recognition, <laughs> but or is that because of things you've done? You know, how, how, what do you do to be recognized as a top? Yeah, dealing with hundreds of clients over the years, getting good repeat customers, spreading the word, and getting good results. Ultimately, like saying what I do, but actually proving it. Yeah, there's a lot about the Facebook advertising and advertising marketing, but the best marketing is friend to friend. You know, we're, you know, we have all this marketing uh, going on and you need to be focused on getting new clients as a primary thing, or you're not going to grow uh, because you're always going to have pro clients leaving you, you know, and uh, always have people you deal with, maybe you deal with them one time. So, Everybody, if they're going to grow, they've got to be primarily focused on doing a good, you know, number one, getting new clients, but with the existing clients, doing a good enough job where people say good things about you and you're not making things it harder and harder to get people in. So you did that well. And uh, uh, how did, did you notice that you were moving up the ladder and things that you were getting bigger stature in the industry? I think just understanding retention, um, attrition, understanding like what value I'm bringing to the table and differentiating myself from other agencies, but focusing on my own to really get better, adding more value and helping customers achieve their success. You know, that's one, the fifth uh, thing I've got in my, the fifth step in my book about uh, serial winning that winners people who win regularly do after they have a victory they go through and immediately uh put their mind on what's the next next biggest opportunity but also how can i improve to do it again quicker faster better because right when you finish that's when the things that maybe you didn't go right or the kind of help you support you needed that you didn't have before you get into the middle of another project, you can go bam, 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 and get those things in place while it's fresh on your mind, where otherwise you might forget it, you know. And, uh, you know, you need to seize the moment for improvement as soon as you finish the project. And uh, you've been doing that again and again. You know, there's a thing, John, I'm going to get you to comment on it. It just kind of came to me. There's a thing that you hear from a lot of people who are in business startups, and that is to keep your head down. I don't know if you've heard this about your podcast, but keep your head down, keep working like a dog, uh, get better, and don't really worry uh, too much about your results uh, compared to others, you know, and, and everything. Don't worry, you know, you've always got to worry about your results. That tells you if you're doing the right things, but don't don't beat yourself down that you don't have the results you want uh, because it may take until the third year to where things really start to take off. You know, you have to flap your wings as a new business for about real hard for about three years before you can get liftoff is what uh, people say most of the time. I mean, Pete, there are exceptions. It takes less time or longer time. But did you find that in your business when you, you started? Um, early days, I, I feel like I was spending a lot of time, definitely. I was putting my head down and just going out there selling um, getting clients, but not knowing my ideal type of client. And I was chasing and 
trying to get as much revenue and sales and, you know, keeping afloat because again, this is me bootstrapping and it wasn't VC funded or, you know, any, anything that was funded by anyone, it was myself. And I wanted to ensure that I was sustainable. I had growth, I had revenue, I had sales in order to then um, build a team behind me to then put systems and processes in place. Yeah, that's the sequence where that's a successful sequence. You start with yourself and it's it's really good early on not to have enough money or a lot of extra money because that makes you lazy and that makes you rush into decisions rather than think it through. And a lot of times because you don't have the venture capital money behind you, you're forced to come up with solutions that are even better and uh, more duplicatable. And so it, it basically forces you to do the work rather than just hire a bunch of people and turn it over to them. And like, they already know how to do it. I'll just hire them. And how many times in my life have I done that? And I've never been happy that I did that. You know, somebody comes in, well, I can do that for you. Yeah, yeah, sure. And then uh, months later, I realized, well, that was just money down the drain. I should have done it myself. But when you do it yourself, then it is, and you start to get some sustainability, you start to get some clients, you start to get your methods down, you know, your, your, your conversations, your answers to questions, you start to get uh, things in place, even on your website, and your toolkit together, all your support materials and people in place, then when, then now you can add people on, and they're going to be productive because you're teaching them to do what you've done. You're not just adding them on and hoping they know how to do it because they said they do. No, you're hiring people that are willing to be taught and willing to follow the pattern that you've set down. Set, set down. So that's the time that when you add on people and put in systems in place that you really can kick it into another gear in terms of growth and get more done out of 24 hour day cycles. So you got a comment on that? Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I think understanding, distinguishing your avatar, which is your ideal type of client um, early days, because at the beginning I was scrambling. I was trying to figure that out. Once I understood their exact needs and answering all the problems and situation, their personality trait, where they reside, what their interests and groups are, then I could then put together a framework, SOP process, hire people to cultivate people just like them. And that took time to develop, but I think it's much more rewarding when you do it slow and steady and actually you get a better retention rate knowing exactly who you want to target and who you want to work with. Yeah, your ideal client, an SOP meaning standard operating procedure, which is basically a military term, and uh, where you can get everybody knows what they're supposed to do at all times, you know, there. And that way, the more you can standardize, the more the routine tasks, the repetitive tasks, like if it's in a house, you know, washing and folding the towels, you know, the more you can, those jobs, you know, sweeping the floors, washing the dishes, the more you can standardize the sequencing on that, the more you can free your mind up and your time up for more uh, uh, 
fun or productive or innovative type things, you know. And so uh, when you started, though, as a kid, would were you always wanting your own business? Were you you started? You're in Canada now. We're in Canada. Uh, I'm in Toronto, Canada. Uh huh. Um, I've so never I've I've never heard of it. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I grew up an hour outside of uh, Toronto, and my upbringing was I'm the fourth child of immigrant family um, from Vietnam. They escaped the war, and so we came from pretty much uh, leaving a country of war. And my parents didn't know English, and we I was born two weeks later, and basically really? just started in government housing, didn't really have much growing up. So foundationally, all I knew was we had each other. We had a family, we had dinner together, and we had shelter in government housing. So we we got a lot of support from food banks and Salvation Army and stuff that actually helped us get our self on the ground. So I know what it feels like when people are starting from nothing. And therefore, that's how I, I take on any project, knowing and having good perspective in every aspect of where people's situation in life events are um, in business. Yeah, in every area of life, the people that do it all the time have their little terms they use and uh, acronyms, you know, SOP, things like SEO. You know, if you get in the army, there's a million of them, but you could. It's real easy on the entry level into any industry to feel like an outsider because you just don't know. It's not the language. You don't know the jargon. You don't know these abbreviations. You don't know what they're mean. They mean. I had a degree in building construction from Georgia Tech, and uh, I started architecture. Then switched once I found out you had to be we're going to make any money until you're 35 years old in architecture. I said, you know, I got to make money quicker than that. So I switched into building construction. I had a degree from a first class institution, Georgia Tech, Bachelor of Science in Building Construction. And I didn't know anything about construction. And I went out on the job site and was hired by a guy to be uh, the field superintendent. And they were taught, we'd walk through a house and he would order the doors and the windows and you know we need you know we need six three by six three six by four six casings for this and we need a you know a three oh panel here and a case you know all of this you know crown molding here and I didn't know what anything was you know and uh, nothing stuck in my head and but you know two days later I was like an old pro because you you learn to ask questions and then you what you learn is it's not all that hard. Because most things in life, it's just people working in one area or another, and they've worked a way to where they kind of know how it goes. And then, be t be, depending on your motivation, uh, you can get familiar. And the questions you ask, you can move up pretty quick. You know, you beat half of the people just by working hard. And so, uh, we notice that in our business when we have staff people come on, if they're a hard worker, it doesn't take them a whole long, uh, you know, much time before all of a sudden they're making contributions to the team and they're making life easier for us, you know. But now, as you came up and grew up and started to think beyond uh, 
food, shelter, clothing, the next meal, uh, what was going on in your mind with your friends, your uh, family, community? What were the conversations? What was the outlook for the future like? So at home, my parents really uh, grounded us. They basically made sure that we uh, studied hard, get a good education, and really focused on like school, right? Good education. Outside of that, I had a lot of friends um, from sports. There's different crowds, right? People that were very disciplined in terms of hard work, putting in the time and effort and get excelling in sports realm. And then there's other ones that were really about fast money, right? Get quick rich, try to do some, you know, underground activities to earn money so that they can buy nice clothes, buy nice cars, whatever right. it is, right? And drop out. So it was more about like, which crowd did I want to gravitate towards? And I stuck with what my parents told me, stay in school and also with my fam uh, friends that stayed in sports. So that really helped me guide me through the next stage of my life, which was, you know, post-education as well as my uh, career. Were you thinking, uh, I mean, did you have any grandiose vision for the future, whatever, but, or were you focused, you know, I'm thinking like, how would have I answered this question back when I was that age? Uh, you know, I was just focused when I was growing up. I was focused, like you said, you know, the, the family was solid, hardworking, and I was focused on doing well in the situation I was in. And uh, I wasn't a genius by any means, but, you know, if you go to small schools, you can look like a genius. So, you know, you, you know I wound always was at the top of the class, president of the school, and this, that, and the other. But that was mainly the size because of the size schools I went to were small. You know, there weren't a lot of possibilities there. And it's like, who should we get? Oh, let's get Larry. But, uh, <laughs> that's how I explain that. But when it came even to going to school, I didn't have, a, you know, I didn't have this vision of, I want to make hundreds of millions of dollars. I didn't even know you could make hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, I, it's, it's, I was out in Long Island and in, in the Hamptons, when I graduated from high school, it's a good thing all the hedge funders had not come out there. And I had learned that you could, you know, that I heard that you could get, make billions of dollars by the hedge funds. So I might've gone to Wall Street, but the, uh, the possibilities were like, do something you love. You know, I was chasing, I was always chasing something I loved and uh, that I could, and after two years of the architecture, uh, I put the idea, well, also something you love that you can make money on sometime before you die. And so that's why I said, I got to get, get out of, yeah, I got to get my degree. I'm not going to quit, but uh, I got to get something where I can make money faster. But I didn't really have a vision of, I want to be a concert pianist. You know, I want to be the greatest uh, anything. You know, it was just a matter of, I want to make a mark. I want to build up a thing. And the main thing that drove me, I've said on this podcast before, was I wanted my own freedom and I didn't want to be low paid because I did those labor jobs growing up in high school. And I learned that the lowest paid person usually gets treated the worst and is paid the worst. And I said, whatever I've got to do to not be on the bottom of whatever it is I'm doing, you know, where I could be closer to the top. I'm going to do that. And so what did you have any formative formative type ideas happening in your mind playing in sports? 
allows you to, if you've got good coaching, especially, playing in sports can cause a lot of these things to form in your mind. You know, the kind of person you want to be on a team. Do you just want to be on the team and maybe score some points and be the occasional hero? Or do you want to be the main guy or, you know, go higher to a higher level or something like that? Talk about, uh, talk about that. Yeah, so uh, in the sports realm, I always wanted to be a captain. Uh, so I wanted to lead by example and be the best I can. In terms of um, what I wanted to be when I, I was growing up, I definitely wanted to be the top, right? Like CEO, I wanted to drive that nice car. It was an Audi at the time and like live in a big mansion and have a private jet because I saw that on TV as well as magazines. That's how I live my life. But I was surrounded by people that wasn't doing that, right? So I was always imagining what it would be like having all those things. And throughout my you know, early years, I had 20, 30 different jobs, just like yourself, from factory laborers to um, working in restaurants, working as a fryer, you name it, I've kind of done it. And these are things that you kind of live to really understand what it means by being treated like crap and um, getting paid like nothing because that's what they do there, right? So right. you just have to understand what situation you're at and where you're at in your life and what you don't want in your life. So moving up in life was a big thing for me and my family. And I wanted the best for myself and my parents and family was really out to guide me properly. Um, and with sports, it's all about like, making sure that you have the proper training, the proper mental focus, the proper repetition, the hard work, the discipline, all these things, I think, molded me to become really good at sales. Like I was listening to Zig Ziglar's, Brian Tracy, all the going to conferences on sales, even though I wasn't like hardcore sales, but I wanted to be the best in my first year of sales, right? Yeah. And therefore, I, I started getting better and learning as much as I can and, you know, just being admired by other successful salespeople. Yeah. And the, the point here with everybody is not that everybody has to have their own company and be the leader and be in charge. But the deal is, you know, behind this podcast and behind everything I do is to help people reach the potential of what's important to them. What do they think they're supposed to do? You know, if what do you feel most energized by thinking about or seeing, you know, where would do you want to see yourself that you want it bad enough that you'd be willing to like work like a dog to make it happen, you know? And that could be the head of something, head of a company, head of a charity, head of a volunteer organization, a foundation. It could be, uh, uh, heaven forbid, a politician or something, you know? But, uh, you know, the, <laughs> I, I can't relate to that. But what whatever it is that's in you, you got to realize that was put in you for a purpose and already at a young age, uh, you're seeing that that probably wasn't an accident that you had those your mind set on being the captain of the team or this that and the other because your mindset was forming early on about what you were destined to be. Don't you believe? I, I now that I reflect and I look back, um, definitely because I've always wanted better. I was always curious to live a life that I was not living in 
right now, right? Right. So, you know, w- watching these TV shows, looking at these magazines and all these things, I just wanted a car. I wanted my own house. Like not yeah. huge goals, right? huge aspirations. But then I wanted to travel. I never flew in my life. So for me, it was like just these little baby steps to eventually mold my way to what I am today. Yeah, and uh, the thing that I would say, and I'm going to wrap up this episode, is that if I had to say anything to anybody, is pay attention to these things going on inside your mind uh, about where you are today, where you're thinking about. Don't you know? Don't let people hold you back because you can't. You can't take a dog and make it into a cow or a cat because a dog's a dog, you know, a leader's a leader, you know, someone who is a great support person, you know, they don't want the spotlight, but you know, it's it's like in football or did you play what soccer or whatever? You know, the thing is like a goalie's a goalie, you know, a quarterback is a quarterback in football. If you take the, if you take the greatest quarterback, Tom Brady in the NFL and you stick him at center, he's going to get destroyed. First of all, he'll be lifetime injured on the first play. And, uh, that would be the end of him. So the thing is you've got your first job in reaching fulfillment in your life is get yourself in the right place or get yourself moving towards the right place. And the way you do that is to override what other people are telling you, what, you know, you think life, uh, uh, you know, society it would, would say is right for you, but go down deep into the marrow of your bones and say, what do I inside feel like is right for me? And follow that because you're never going to be anything but who you are. Do you have kids yet? Yes, I do. Oh, isn't it funny how kids, when kids are born, they are the way they are. You know, some are neat, some are a mess. And you're never going to change. You can modify it for a period of time, but they're going to be the way they're going to be. And, you know, the ones that naturally are smiling and looking the positive, you know, they're just going to be that way. And then the others are a little bit reserved and held back. They're going to be that way. So our job is to help people reach their potential. And uh, I think everybody can be smiling, regardless of what their personality type is, if they are on track or they have arrived at the place they're supposed to be in life. And uh, I want to get into how you made that transition from launching out of your preparation phase. There's a preparation phase phase for all of us, but the deal is try and get some preparation and the things uh, in line with what you want to do. You know, and if you're not really sure what that is, get a good widespread foundation you know that gives you the options to move in different areas and as i'm saying this i wanted to make this point john for those of y'all that are older and have kids growing up realize they're going through these things too and this is the kind of counsel you should be giving them rather than saying i'm an attorney my son's going to be an attorney you know i'm a a artist my son's going to be an artist you know or that that type thing and you got to let them become what they're supposed to become and what they're, that will be what they're most interested in, you know? And uh, so anyway, thanks so much, John, and look forward to talking to you again. Thanks a lot, Larry. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Million Dollar Mastermind with me, Larry Wydell. If I've helped you in any way, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. For more information like this, listen to our other Million Dollar Mastermind episodes and check out my Wydell Academy YouTube channel and visit us on WydellOnWinning.com. I'm the Million Dollar Mastermind, and until next time, go, go, go.